You can take a seat this morning. Welcome to church. How are you? Good. I apologize if I sound a little bit congested. It's because I am. Thank you. <clears throat> it's kind of been a week of, I don't know, hacking. <clears throat> so I'm uh, sorry, sorry for uh, the scratchy throat and stuff as well. I want to quick read a, uh, my name is Nicholas, by the way, if I have not met you, I'd love to meet you. But I want to read a quick thank you note that we got from somebody in the community. Um, I think it's from, it was on Shelly's desk and I was snooping. Sorry, Shelly. She doesn't know I have this card, but I found it on her desk. And it's from one of the families that we gave a gift to this year when we, when we um, on the, the Christmas tree. I think there was 176 families, 176 gifts that went out this year. And we got, and I was just wondering, like, well, we get a thank you back, and here's a thank you. And it just, it's so simple, but it's like, that's what it's all about. Thank you, Live Church, for your kind generosity. You made our baby Miles first Christmas one to remember. Yes, yes. And I know that that happened. I know there's a bike out there too, and I'm like, ooh, I bet that kid loved that bike. But I know that that happened um, all over our community this year, so thank you for being a part of that. Um, before we get into the message, I just want a quick uh, lesson. We're going to continue. We originally had planned a new series today. Uh, it was going to be on the gospel and mental health. Uh, Kevin and I were working on that. We actually had sat down with a Christian counselor here in town, and we just wanted to kind of begin a conversation around mental health in January and cold and depression and all the things, and then the gospel. And how does this intersect? Because I think it's something that the church needs to talk more about. And yet, how does the gospel inter, you know, play with all of that? What does it look like for the Christ follower and mental health? And so that was kind of the plan. But after the message last Sunday, it kind of just seemed like the Lord was putting his finger on this idea of the way of Jesus. Um, it seemed like he was kind of asking us to maybe stay for a bit longer. And then in our preaching roundtable on Wednesday, we, we had met and talked this through and kind of all came to agreement. But yeah, it seems like the Lord wants us to kind of hover and stay here for a bit. So that's the plan today. Um, so we called an audible. Saw what the defense was doing and called an audible. Um, and so we're going to throw Hail Mary. No, just kidding. But uh, we're going to linger here for a few more weeks, um, kind of postpone that series just for now. And I think we'll get to it. But that's what we're doing today. You know, I think it's good to be good stewards of our time and our resources and have a plan. But amen, it's also good to be open to God adjusting things, right? We can call them like divine interruptions of sorts. So uh, in your life, make plans, have a good schedule, but be open to what God might be kind of putting his finger on. So that, that's what we're doing today. So with that in mind, can we pray this morning before we get into the message? Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your word. What an honor. What an honor to open your word, to gather under the name of Jesus. What an honor. Lord, I also pray for everyone who is sick today. Lord, those who are at home watching online, I think of just even Kevin and Wendy who are under the weather, other people as well, God, and uh, including myself, God. I, pray, I ask for healing in our bodies. Strength, Lord, strengthen us, God, that we'd be able to um, heal up quickly. Lord, I pray for uh, those here this morning, God, that are just uh, they're struggling with continued um, ailments and sickness, Lord. We ask, God, we know that you like to heal, you desire to heal. And so we ask for that in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we come to your word today, God, I pray for every distraction that's been trying to pull us this week, the weights and concerns of this world that I know I've been carrying. I now lay them at your feet, God, and I open my heart to you. Please speak to me. Please use me, God. Please speak to your people today. And it's in your name we pray, in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. We have to hurry up today so we can get to that Vikings game, huh? <laughs> so 
So I'm curious today, any parents in the room uh, have strong-willed children? By show of hands. Wow, hands everywhere. Any parents have strong-willed children? My wife and I literally, this is literally a prayer request. We asked the Lord as we were um, having kids that we would have chill children. It's in the word. It's literally children, chill children, children. You know, easygoing, compliant, <laughs> easy to work with. So far, he's 0 for 5 in answering that prayer, at least how I would define chill. Uh, I would... I kind of think my wife and I are pretty chill, but man, um, I guess the apple does fall far from the tree sometimes. Even our sweet, beautiful one-year-old, she knows what she wants, when she wants it. And she will ask continually until she gets it, and she does not know how to speak a single word. She knows. There's no chill, no chill. But I'm also kind of curious today, I want to get a little bit more personal. Anybody have a friend, huh, spouse, or parent who's strong-willed? Huh? Huh? Okay. See spouses raising their hands. I don't want to cause any fights today, but anyone ever heard this before? As you see someone struggling, quite obviously, to complete a task. Hey, need some help? Ever heard this? No, I can do it myself. Anybody ever heard that before? <laughs> no chill, no chill. Human will, human will, strong will. It's a, it's a fascinating conversation, and we clearly see this played out man, in all of our lives, the human will. All of us have a will. We have desires within us. We also have the ability to choose. God has given each of us free will. It's really a beautiful thing. It's a gift from God. He's given us free will. He wants us to be able to choose. And there's desires within us. And as we started this conversation last week, it birthed out of the simple yet challenging question. What does it look like for you and I to truly follow Jesus this year? What does it look like for us to truly follow Jesus this year? What does the way of Jesus look for you and I? I want us to, to come around this again, to consider this again today. To, let's go deeper. Let's, let's hover on this for a bit. We said that instead of focusing, last week we said this, that instead of focusing this year on all that's happening to us, or last year, all that has happened to us circumstantially from the outside, maybe we should be more focused or concerned about what is happening on the inside. Yeah, I know things are happening on the outside, favorable, unfavorable, but are you, are you leaning into, in tune with what's happening on the inside? Are we becoming more like Jesus? Are we becoming more like him? And last week we said that it would include a couple of things according to the words of Jesus. A couple of things that it included. It will include this, Jesus above all others. The way of Jesus is Jesus above all others. Discipleship to him is Jesus above all others. It will also include taking up your cross, taking up your cross to crucifying the flesh. So if you didn't have a chance to listen to last week's message, I encourage you to do so. But we're going to launch from this place again this morning. But before we get into unpacking uh, kind of the way of Jesus for this week, I want to mention some qualifiers, some real quick qualifiers in our, in our roundtable, which is so awesome. 
it's so nice to invite critique when you preach and people give you feedback. It's wonderful. And so a couple things that came out of that conversation was um, a couple qualifiers, and that's this. All of us in this room, everybody watching, all of us are on a journey with Jesus. Every single one of us is at a different place in our journey. Every one of us, every single, every Christ follower is on a journey. And the invitation from Jesus to be a disciple is extended to everyone. But at the same time, for all of us, it hits us. We're at a different place on that journey. Does that make sense? We're not just all at the same kind of place, not maybe wrestling with the same kind of things. It looks different kind of for everybody, but the invitation is for everybody. And we do see in the Bible, we see, we see this a lot of times where there are large crowds, right? The, the large crowds gathered. They were following Jesus. Large crowds would receive from his ministry, Many would attend the service of Jesus. Large crowds would, would listen in and they would consume Jesus, so to speak. They would hear his words and they would receive from him the healings and all those kinds of things. He didn't shame them or condemn them, but Jesus did say many, many times, if though you want to follow me, here's what it looks like. Here's the invitation. If you want to be my disciple, then this is what it looks like. So this isn't a salvation issue. It's more so a matter of discipleship, okay? A couple qualifiers. A matter of discipleship, not salvation. Kind of the second qualifier, and the other idea too, is like you kind of feel like maybe you're in the crowd today. That's okay. That's okay. I'm kind of checking it out. I'm kind of just consuming. I'm kind of just attending to, to Jesus' ministry, and that's okay. But the invitation is to you today, friend, do you want to follow Jesus? And that's what we're looking at here as a church. And the second qualifier is this, um, is that this disciple of Jesus group is not a spiritually elite sort of holier-than-thou type of thing. Can I get an amen? Can I get an Amen. <laughs> This discipleship to Jesus kind of is not a, it's not that. It's not spiritual elitism and, well, I'm, I've got this VIP sort of in with Jesus. I'm cool, man. Like, it's not that. It's not that. If the fruit of being a disciple of Jesus is spiritual elitism, then we are not truly following Jesus. Jesus never modeled that. Jesus never taught that. In fact, he condemned that type of attitude with the Pharisees all the time. No, this is an invitation, follower of Christ, to go lower. This is an invitation to serve deeper. Friend, this is the invitation to give up your life. That's what discipleship to Jesus is, to take on the same attitude Christ had. And it's beautiful if it produces a prideful, self-righteous, spiritual elitism, that's gross, not attractive. But the way of Jesus is attractive because it's lower, it's serving, it's giving up your life. That's what we're talking about. It isn't a special sort of privilege, VIP sort of thing like the world might offer. Well, it's quite the opposite. The words of Jesus, it says this in Luke 22, 24 through 27. A dispute also rose among them 
as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. Who's the best disciple? And he said to them, he being Jesus, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Not so with you. Rather, let the greatest, the most elite <laughs> among you become as the youngest and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater, one who reclines at table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table, but I am among you as one who serves? The example of Christ. It's beautiful. So that's my heart. That's the qualifier today. The other thing is Jesus even extended this invitation to a tax collector. <laughs> Jesus extended the invitation to follow him to a tax collector. I know none of us like taxes in this room, right? <laughs> but tax collectors back in the day, they were thought of very poorly, should we say. Very poorly. They would skim off the top. They would rob. They were, they were bad dudes. And if the invitation is available to Matthew, the tax collector, and it's also available to you. So I want to hear, you, I want to hear um, for you to hear this today, that no matter your background, no matter where you've been, the invitation to come follow Jesus is for everyone. So today, the way of Jesus. Are you curious about this invitation? Are you considering taking Jesus up on this offer? Does it, does it pique some sort of curiosity or something in your heart? Do you want to follow Jesus and become more like him? If you're not sure right now, that's okay too. We'll talk more a little about that later at the end of the message. But if your heart is saying yes to that this morning, then I want us to consider the words of Jesus found again in the book of Luke. Ready? Here we go. Luke 22. 39 through 42. <clears throat> you all with me? Here we go. Let's consider this way. Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not be given into temptation. Jesus walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. He said this, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. The way of Jesus. Your will be done, not mine. In the ESV translation, it says this. Jesus said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. As a follower of Christ, have you ever found yourself wrestling with what you desire to be done versus what God desires to be done? Have you wrestled with this before? The battle of wills, so to speak? And in this short verse, man, we get an incredible glimpse, incredible window and picture into the relationship between the Son and the Father. It's so intimate, and we get this honest admission from Jesus. 
that his will and his desire would be for there to be another option, another option than the absolutely horrendous suffering he was about to endure on the way to the cross and then being crucified. Pouring his heart out to his father, God, my will does not want this. But yet, not my will, but yours be done. We see the wrestle, we see the tension, the conflicting of wills, and yet he says these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful words, the way of Jesus I want us to consider today. Not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. We see this, we see this in the life of Jesus, that obedience, obedience to God's will was central to Christ's mission. Obedience to God's will was central to Christ's mission. John 6, 38, in the ESV says this, For I, Jesus, have come down from heaven to do my own thing, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus modeled obedience to the Father. We also see Jesus teaching his disciples to pray a certain way. I thought this was really fascinating too. Let's look at the, the prayer he taught them to pray in Matthew 6, 9 through 10. Pray then like this. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, and here it is, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this morning, I want all of us to lean in, lean into your life, examine your heart, to consider the way of Jesus that says, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. If we want to be more like Jesus, then it has to include obedience to the will of our Heavenly Father. The way of Jesus has to include obedience. If you're like me this morning, I have my own desires, how I'd like things to go in life. Anybody else? Plans, desires, hopes, dreams. I know what I want, when I want it, and not afraid to pursue that. Like, I've got some thoughts, I've got a will, I've got desires, and it's a beautiful thing, and it's from the Lord, and we're not going to unpack all of it today, but... I also have a flesh. I also have sinful desires and passions that are in me. There's a wrestle for sure with the temptation to, I'll do it myself. Do you feel that? Like, oh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. This, this last week, I was talking to my counselor, praise God, he's back in town, so we met up again, and so amazing but I was talking to my counselor about that we were talking about this real like temptation this 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 real like there's stuff in me that I'm like it's yeah it's there it's tempted my will and my desires my flesh it's all there 
And at times, like the prideful, arrogant, and I just need this daily to say, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Because my will, I don't know if it's aligned at times. And also I got this selfish, yucky desire like, God, I need this. Not my will, Father, but yours be done. Sometimes I think my will or my desire um, is, is also like it aligns with God's will too. But if I haven't surrendered my will to his, then I get I get caught up in trying to make something happen versus letting God make it happen. Anybody else? I try to impose my will, thinking I know, instead of letting God do his thing in this earth. It reminds me of when I was trying to marry Miss Amanda Michelle Rosted, my now wife, but... I had a will during that. I knew what I wanted. I had desires. I thought, hey, I want to I want to marry that girl. I want to put a ring on that finger. I had desire. I um and I and I I thought for sure this is also God's will, right? Like this is obvious that this should happen. And this is how it should happen, and this is the timing in which it should take place. And yet there was a season in that where I knew God was asking me to surrender that will, surrendering that desire to him because there was a real season of frustration and tension where I was threatened by every possibility of this not happening. Every other dude that ever looked at her wanted to punch in the face. Or take him out or something. <laughs> no, 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 I can't lose. Nah. This is my will. Lord, I'm not, it was, it was a real wrestle. I was frustrated, kind of trying to force things. My spirit wasn't at peace. Have you ever been there? Your spirit not at peace. Then there was one night in my car where I was just pouring my heart out to Jesus. I can remember exactly what song was on the radio. It was playing and I was worshiping. It was Word of God Speak, which you pour down like grain. It was uh, whatever band that was. I forget. I'm not going to get sidetracked. Here we go. And I was having this moment, this moment of surrendering my will to the will of the Father. I had to get to this place of trusting that he knew what was best for me, even if that didn't include Amanda Rosted. I had to get to that place of like letting it go. And then guess what? He did bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> he did. He brought it to pass. He finally got her to notice me and be interested. And <laughs> Just joking. But the heart, the heart was more at peace. There was a surrender before. And this is like the way of Jesus. And so today, what does the way of Jesus look like for you one, I want us to consider this, this idea of obedience. The way of Jesus, the way of saying, not my will, but yours be done, it's, it's obedience to the Father. I'm sure we weren't like this at all as children growing up, but our will, I know, was most tested. We needed to obey mom and dad as they would articulate their will for us. But it was not our will, 
it didn't really line up with what we wanted to do. Clean our room? Are you kidding me? Like, what? And that's where the tension took place, this idea of obedience. Can I, can I define obedience for you this morning? It's defined as this, dutiful or submissive compliance to the commands of one in authority. Dutiful or submissive compliance to the commands of one in authority. Whoa. Dutiful means it is our obligation to obey God, just as Jesus fulfilled his duty to the Father by dying on the cross for our sin. Submissive indicates that we yield our wills to God. Commands speak to the scriptures in which God has clearly delineated his instructions. The one in authority is God himself, whose authority is total and unequivocal. For the Christian, obedience means complying with everything God has commanded. The way of Jesus the way of Jesus. And now for a moment, for a moment, hang in there with me. I want to acknowledge that this idea of obedience is a loaded word. It's a loaded word. It can have a really negative connotation with it. Really negative. Naturally, our wills don't like to hear the word obey. Anybody want to be honest today? Not many of you do. All right. But especially, especially, especially if you've been part of like an abusive relationship or had like, like bad authority over you in some way and they've been demanding obedience and compliance, you might hear the word obedience and instantly want to go into like self-protection mode. Don't tell me what to do. Or run because it's associated with like, like hurt and harm. It's, it's been misused in your life, this idea of obedience. And I want to acknowledge that today. And I want to say that I'm sorry that if that is the place where you find yourself in today, I want to say I am sorry for that, that that is a reality in your life. Some, some maybe feel like obedience to God's word was used in like a legalistic way to keep you in check to keep you in line. And so walls go up and your ears close and you feel angry when you hear this idea like obey God, authority, obey authority. Like it just all gets, I know that's the case with, with a lot of people, even within the church. And I do not, by the grace of God, want to communicate this incorrectly. I don't want to misuse the word of God, but my heart is today for, is that for all of us, all of us, that we could rediscover, rediscover the beauty, joy, and truth of holy obedience to the Father. Holy obedience to the Father. And that the abuses we've experienced, whatever it might have been, wouldn't keep us stuck from the true beauty and life that is found in the example of obedience that Jesus demonstrated to us when he went to the cross. Church, this is the way of Jesus. This is the way of his followers. Obedience to the Father. And after the service today, if you need your heart healed from this, we would love to pray for you. 
love to pray for you. Because for some, I know this legalism has caused a sort of rebellious reaction to the word of God. A rebellious like, no, I'm out. I don't want that. And the life that is found in obedience has kept you from that. And because of that, you maybe have found yourself in some really dark places, some really dark places, running from truth because truth represents like this trauma reaction. And, good, and I, just, I just believe, as I was preparing, I'm like, my prayer has been all this, as I've been preparing, God desires to heal that in our hearts today. To heal that in our hearts today. Obedience is not simply just obeying the rules. I want to unpack this just a little bit. I found a quote from an article as I was reading and preparing. Um, I think it's going to be on the screen. And here's, here's, it helps break down the difference between legalism and obedience. We must be aware of using a veneer of obedience to mask a sinful heart. So I'm not just talking about just, just obey the rules. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. It's deeper than that. Living the Christian life is not all about rules. The Pharisees in Jesus' time relentlessly pursued acts of obedience to the law. But they became self-righteous, believing they deserved heaven because of what they had done. They considered themselves worthy before God, who owed them a reward. However, the Bible tells us that without Christ, even our best obedience our most righteous works, they are as filthy rags. The Pharisees' external obedience still lacked something. And Jesus exposed their heart attitude, their hypocrisy in obeying the letter of the law while violating its spirit characterized their lives. And Jesus rebuked them sharply. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful on the outside, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanliness. Even so, you also appear righteous to men outwardly, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Wow, Jesus, those are some strong words. So I am not trying to perpetuate this idea of outside in, keep the rules, let's look good, everybody in line, stay in check. That's not what I'm saying today. What I'm trying to hopefully get at through Scripture is where from the inside out, your heart would say, Jesus, I want to obey you. Heavenly Father, I want to love you. I want to obey your commands because they are life, and they are freedom, and they are beautiful. It says never, it can never be an outside in. I won't allow it. I won't go there. Legalism is so damaging to the church. Self-righteousness is one of the worst sins in the church. No, it robs Jesus of his glory. It steals the power from Calvary. It weakens the blood of Christ. So I'm not talking about that, but I am talking about holy, willful surrendering of our life and our will to the Father in obedience and to his commands. Yes, there is a beautiful, holy obedience. And obedience is this. It is surrendering your will to God's will because you love him 
and you know he loves you. Surrendering your will to God's will. It's because you trust him like Jesus trusted the Father. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says this, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters. I appeal to you, Life Church, brothers and sisters. I appeal to you this morning. I appeal to you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I appeal to you this morning, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. I appeal to you, church, do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the will of the Father, the will of the Father. And can I say from a heart of compassion today to all of us that we will not experience the life of Christ living in disobedience to the will of the Father. We will never experience the life of Christ living in disobedience to the will of the Father. And in this current state of culture, westernized culture, American culture, and the church, everything it is going through, it is so messy. And the answer isn't to just to walk away from it or to walk away from Jesus. They're like, who needs that? Yes, I know, it's, it's so messy. And the things being exposed right now all over the place, it's kind of crazy. It's almost like every week, it's like, who's it going to be this week? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you kind of get cynical, like, where's the report coming from this week? Holy smokes. The leaders in the church, and I don't know, I can't speak to every situation. I can't speak to all of that, but I know that it has caused a lot of confusion in a generation about the ways of God. It's caused confusion, and it's causing questioning, and it's causing doubts, and it's, I see the, the result being people wanting to just leave and walk away. I don't want anything to do with that, to walk away from Obedience to the Father and just to go do my own will. And when we do that, it always leads to death. Always leads to death. So my heart today, that those who might find themselves in that situation, tempted in that place, want to speak to you for a moment. Want to attend to your heart today. The answer is this, the answer is this, the answer is found in rediscovering you for yourself, rediscovering the joy of obedience to your heavenly Father, the surrendering of our will to the will of the Father. So this morning, I really sense and just want to give some time for the Holy Spirit, for him to stir, begin to stir a greater desire for you to obey, for I to obey the Father to obey the commands found in Scripture, to obey Scripture, to willingly, church, all of us, just think about this, to willingly submit ourselves, to offer our bodies to the authority of the Word of God. 
It's like a call back to the way of Jesus. Please don't go your own way. There might be a lot of confusion and pain and all the things, and yeah, you can call out all the hypocrisy, all of the stuff, but maybe that's not the way of Jesus. I don't know. I can't answer for every person individually, but I, I know this. I know this. The way of Jesus, it is life. It is life. He is the only way. He is the truth. And I plead with you, rediscover the beauty and the joy of obeying your Father and obeying the Word of God. I believe the Holy Spirit of God wants to birth a new prayer in us today. And that's this prayer where it come from our hearts for real. Not my will, God, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, God, but yours be done. Worship team can come back up as we get ready to close. I don't know where this lands with everybody. It's kind of, everyone's probably at a different place. Some are probably like, man, yeah, I love to obey the Lord. I love his commands. I, I just, I love, I want to. It might be a real easy thing for you. And I'd say, awesome. Praise God. Keep going. Keep cultivating that kind of relationship with your father. <clears throat> for some, this can sound really hard. This can sound really difficult. This can sound corrective in nature. And, and, and maybe it is, but I, I pray you hear it from a heart of compassion today. Maybe there needs to be a course correction into your life where you've been living in disobedience. And God's saying, today, he's, he's putting the finger on the way, the way of Jesus is to Surrender your will to the will of the Father and to obey your heavenly Father who is good. He is perfect. He is kind. He knows what is best for you. And if you are hurting today, struggling with the idea of even a pastor saying this, I believe God wants to heal your heart this morning. Begin the process of healing your heart this morning, that you would again trust in God this morning as the ultimate authority over us all over us all. So we're going to close with a song today and we're going to spend some time with it. I want you to pray it. If you need to sit down, if you need to come to the altar, whatever you need to do that is appropriate for you, I want you to do it. The song is Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. I want to see you. Because I believe this. The more clearly we see Jesus, the more clearly we see him, the beauty of who he is, and his love for you, and what he has done for you, what he has done for me. The pure and natural response is, Jesus, I want to follow you. So Jesus, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to know you, to trust you, to follow you, to bow my knee to the will of the Father today. Jesus, I surrender to you. Not my will, but yours be done. I want to wrestle with you, Jesus, but I want you to win. I want your will to win. Help me trust you, God, knowing that you have what is best. No good thing does he withhold. I'm an earthly father, and I love giving gifts to my kids. The Bible says that. <laughs> That's like nothing, nothing. That's like a bad gift. I don't give my kids a rock or a stone or something. They would, I, I want to give them good gifts. We just had Christmas. We opened up gifts. I wanted to give them good gifts. 
And our Heavenly Father so much more so, more so, more so, so much more wants to give you good gifts. But you've got to do it His way. It's the way of Jesus. 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 Can we stand this morning as we get ready to sing and worship? I want to read a scripture. I want to read a scripture, and then we're going to sing, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. And I just... Lead yourself in some worship today. Go there today. Like, we're not going to just sing a song. Please, like, respond. Respond and, 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 and have a moment with God today. Psalms 19, 33 through 40. I love this. Maybe meditate on this this week. God, teach me lessons for living so I can stay the course. Give me insight so I can do what you tell me. My whole life, one long, obedient response. Ah, guide me down the road of your commandments. I love traveling this freeway. Give me an appetite for your words of wisdom and not for just piling up loot. Divert my eyes from toys and trinkets. Invigorate me on the pilgrim way. Affirm your promises to me, promises made to all who fear you. Deflect the harsh words of my critics, but what you say is always so good. See how hungry I am for your counsel, for your counsel. Preserve my life through your righteous ways. Jesus, pray that you would stir by the Holy Spirit of God this morning a desire for holy obedience to you, God. Obedience to your word, obedience to the leading of the Spirit, obedience to the example of Jesus that my life, God, would align, the way I conduct business, the way I, my sexuality, my spirituality, my, my everything, God, my, how I treat people, Father, how I, how I live this life, God, would be an, an obedient response, one lifelong obedient response, and that's it, God. So hear our prayer this morning, God. Hear our cry this morning, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. Let's sing.